0: That's BetterHelp, H E L P.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Just to the podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. We are jumping into our conversation midstream with the Nelms Brothers. If you have not heard the previous episode, go ahead and pull over, pull out your phone, get off the treadmill. Because you really want to hear the first half of this conversation. We are leading up to the the culmination of their career. These two brothers, Ian and Ash, have been in the trenches making awesome movies. And we are finally about to learn how they are getting Hollywood stars in their next big big films, which will culminate with their new feature film, Red Right Hand, which should be in theaters
2: while you're listening to this. So here it goes. Our great conversation with the Nelms Brothers. this happens to i think every filmmaker when they come to la they have a project they got some interest people are talking and every single writer director at some point is asked by a friend of theirs hey if they just offered to make your movie for six million Mm dollars would you be okay not directing yeah, that. We, was, that, that, we was, had that most people say yes. We had
4: that right? situation literally happen to us. So what happened was, is those that we had that conversation with them. We talked to all the actors, the actors were on board. And then they literally came to us and said, we're going to pull this and blow it up. And we're not going to make it um, if you guys don't relent and let this guy direct it. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to go off and make this. We're going to go. We're going to go off and make this uh, start pre-production in like next week. If you guys can just find your ego and step off.
5: And And they obviously sold it to us. is going to be a great first step for you guys. It's going to put a big movie Mm -hmm. under your belts and like the next one you can
4: direct. And we were like, oh, fuck. And we just held to it. We just said, fuck you. We're not, we're not fucking doing it. And we walked uh, with the, with the, I guess, hope that we would be able to find another way to do it. Because we had other companies we were talking to as well that were like, Mm -hmm. can you do it for five instead of six? And we'll do it with you. Shit like that. That just never, it just waters through our fingers every time. You know what I mean? (laughs) For whatever reason um and then like is this batman
2: or is this a different project no
4: this is another one that i don't want to say the title because we're probably going to make it pretty damn quick sure
2: sure sure.
4: but you (laughs) know we've got a a polish on it it's fucking humming right now we think it's funny
1: because like this story feels so familiar to me and like i think you know i've certainly lived through versions of it myself over the years right like everybody has stuff that like is maybe gonna go and then for whatever reason doesn't happen right yeah but it's it it's funny that we don't talk about it a ton on the show because like, I think as a young filmmaker, you know, naively, you're like, well, that won't happen to me. Or like, I would see it coming or, or, you know, like it just, you, you hear horror stories about Hollywood quote unquote or Hollywood people. And like uh, it always ends up being like a little bit different than what you imagine. And like, I don't know, it's fascinating To either have things, you know, fall through your fingers or also to like be caught up just in the waiting game, right? Like that thing of like, okay, well, as soon as I attach the right, you know, actor or like the money's going to come through with X, Y, or Z. And I think, you know, we've heard time and time again, um, it's when filmmakers decide to just bootstrap again and get back into it. That's when things start going again and momentum starts picking back up.
4: Yeah, exactly. We're we're absolutely no exception to that. Exactly. That that feels like you know that that that's that's how exactly how we felt when it was happening. And then once we picked up and made Lost on purpose, um, we got our mojo back in many Mm -hmm. different ways, as far as momentum, um, the ability to now after making that film, because we'd made like you know such low budgets and such low crew and no not dealing with any real professional actors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to going into Lost on Purpose with a two hundred thousand dollar budget, and so who
2: paid for that movie? So
4: we literally just went around to friends and family and um and begged for five to ten thousand dollars at a time. And it I, was also
5: like Ian had scrimped and saved all of his swimming lesson money. Over yeah, the,
4: over that. So over the like years.
5: five. Turns year... out there's
2: like fifty one and a half year olds whose parents think they can swim. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they just look really good that they can. <laughs> But we, I had, I, over that like five years, I'd saved sixty grand over that five years. Yeah. Yeah. With so the that's idea. A, that's a
1: real amount of money to be yeah. like, hey. Hey, we already have a quarter.
2: We have well, that's the funny yeah.
4: thing, Oren. Yeah. That's exactly how we did it, right? Is that we went out and we, we went to people that we knew and loved and loved us and family and friends and filmmaker friends. And we said, hey. We've already raised sixty thousand dollars. You know, like there's already mm-hmm. people who believe in us. That it was actually just our dumb asses putting everything we had into it.
2: Yeah, I did um, the same thing on my first feature. Yeah,
4: and you're like, so I just got a hundred grand. This money. Yeah. Exactly, it works. It works great because I think, it, and and honestly, like I feel like people probably would have been even more in if we would just would have told the truth and I said, "Hey, we've got ourselves a thousand percent in on this. Everything, every penny I have." is being put into this movie off the top they probably would have been like well fuck we got to go in if you're going that hard you believe in it that much yeah. because our friends and our friends and family did really believe in us so we would just get five or ten thousand dollars at a time Wait, and,
2: and you guys parts. have a, so at this point you have all these scripts that you love and so lost on purpose seemed like the most suitable commercial one that you could it was the only one of a,
5: a scope that we could shoot I don't know that it was the most commercial. One. No,
4: it was not commercial at all. It was the least commercial thing we'd ever written, and it, it was the first time we'd ever taken that advice of like write what you know, write where you came from, write what you what what you are and so we wrote uh, what we called at the time a dairy epic about uh, five people living on a dairy farm. <laughs> the woman who runs it and this would be like our hud uh last picture show because
2: you grew up on a dairy farm
4: we grew up in an area where there were a ton of dairy farms but we grew up on a on a 10 acre horse ranch so we had done and our parents we roped we roped we team roped all the way through high school with our father so we
2: stole it from you guys
4: (laughs) that's what we tell him (laughs) so we we uh we we knew that world really well, like really well. So we wrote for a dairy farm, which we didn't have. We know, wrote we... our parents' ranch into it. We yep. wrote their horses. Mm-hmm. We wrote team roping. Sure. We and wrote... we literally wrote a lot of people we knew into the movie. You know, combinations of people turned into characters, and like our moms like in your the buddy,
2: movie, Jane Casmeric and exactly Thomas Howell.
4: Exactly, Jane Casmeric is basically like our mom and like another person smashed together. Yeah. You know, it was like it was a lot of fun stuff like that, and so it was really personal to us. But it was zero commercial. Like, oh, yeah, like everybody's looking for that dairy epic to put into their film catalog. Sure. So everywhere we went, they would be like, why are you guys making this? This isn't even the type of film you guys are writing. Like, you've got all these crime killers. What are you doing with this fucking weird dairy cow drama?
5: If we and we're bought like, a
2: dairy farm.
4: <laughs> it's like we got to solicit somehow. Yes. Yeah, so anyway,
5: we ended up rounding up the money, scrape, uh, scraping it together. I remember right in the middle of production, Ian Ian turned to me because he was looking at the books and he goes, I, it's, it's not now, it's not tomorrow, <laughs> but we're going to run out of money. And we still had like a week left of shooting. And I was like, oh, and wow. All, what
4: do you mean? What do you, what do you, what, are, you are you serious? And I was like, well... We'll have to go to credit cards, and we could probably finish it with like ten or fifteen thousand dollars on two or three different credit cards. But yeah, there's a really good chance we're going to run out of money. We're going, we're not running a really good chance. It's happening. We're running out of money probably a week <laughs> or two before we finish shooting. It's imminent. It will yeah. happen very <laughs> yeah. soon. The plane will crash into the mountain. And yes. I was like, oh my god, like, what are we
5: going to do? And and fortunately, you know, the town came together for us, literally, and uh, and had a a, a dinner a fundraising dinner for us, and uh, ended up raising like another twenty five grand for us to finish the shooting. And, uh, and, and that was pretty miraculous. you know, It makes the, the hair on yeah. your arm stand
4: up when you're sitting there. And, and because we had all the actors there. We'd been shooting for like a
5: month. Wait,
2: how, how did you get like Jane Kaczmarek? She, had, she was Malcolm in the middle, right? Yeah. She had already kind so, of done. So the first
5: marketing. gentleman in on our investment of our investors was Steven Rogers, who wrote I, Tanya.
4: Um, mm. hope floats yeah so and and he, this is before he did i tanya but he'd done yeah. already hope floats and a bazillion other p.s i love you a bunch of brilliant you know rom-coms and dramas and, and steven's
5: such a tremendous supporter of his friends that, and we went to him with this script and he's like okay well i'll help you guys yeah here's a, here's a check for some money and like i'll be a producer and I'm like what else do you need and we look and he goes look at my agency and see if there's anyone in there you like and we're like okay yeah. and so we went down the list and we're like, like
2: oh. his same reps basically exactly yeah that's a real pal That's pretty rad. We're not the only people
4: he's done that for either. He is a mensch and a half. Like that guy, he puts his nuts on the table (laughs) for all of his friends. He is really impressive. He is a lovely, lovely, ballsy person. And you guys had met
2: him during your kind of Hollywood. Yeah, he was. He was was the first person
4: we met that was in the business because um, a friend of Esham's girlfriend at the time was sleeping in his friend's closet and he was a a he was he was trying to become a model first of all it's a and very
1: he, nice closet i'm yeah. sure <laughs> it was a giant closet and he was like put
4: a mattress down you can sleep in my closet this manager and so yeah. he was hanging out with that guy and he was like hey you guys are writing you guys have been in town for two months you should come to this uh fourth of july block party uh, and Santa Monica that I'm at, there's all kinds of like movie people here. The model friend of it said that Yeah, you can meet uh, my friend, Stephen Rogers, he- uh, my friend, Stephen Rogers, who I met, you know, five minutes ago. He's he did. Uh, he did hope floats. You come down to meet him. And Steven's just a very open, giving person. So we came down there a couple of chuckleheads and we're just like, hey, oh, yeah, we we're making, we're trying to make movies, too. You know, and Stephen is just that guy that will sit on the couch and talk to you and give you the stories and give you some information and give you some advice and be there to read some of your stuff too. Like, you know, six months later, he's reading a script of ours, you know, probably shaking his head going, what the fuck? But I, but I will
5: say like, that was an insane invitation to that group because it had a lot of notable people that would be popping in.
4: Notable people, notable people now, but they were not Mm -hmm. overly notable at the time. So when we got into that group, you know, two months into town, it had this this uh, fiery black woman named Octavia Spencer that was a struggling actress at the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she had like she did like a bit part. And by that point, she had done a bit part on uh, Being John Malkovich. She was in the mm-hmm. elevator, and she's like for the fifth and a half floor, shit, I'll open yeah. that shit up for you. And she cranks yeah. the thing open.
1: She, she's the one with the crowbar. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: And we were like, oh, shit, like, she's fucking amazing. And she had this, and then while we were living there, she had, like, this bit part of Spider-Man where she's saw, you're too little, you get your ass kicked. Or no, Featherweight League and whatever yeah. it was, yeah. And then she had this amazing part in Bad Santa where she's like, ah, you know. Oh, we know that one. We know that one. <laughs>
5: um, but anyways, she was in the she group. She was amazing. Melissa McCarthy was in the group. Alice and Janney was in the group.
4: Tate Taylor and Tate. Brunson Green, who ended up doing the help, were in the group. Um, and we were shooting short films with Tate and Brunson. We were just running around Hollywood. Tate's like, hey, and Brunson were like, hey, because uh, well, we, we showed him Squirrel Trap. We, we showed him Squirrel Trap and they're like, oh, y'all are making shit, huh? Okay, well, what'd you shoot that on? And we're like, and Brunson's like the, the perfect producer, right? He's like, we're like, oh, we bought this camera and we got this laptop. He's like, what kind of laptop's that, y'all? And we're like, oh, it's a whatever, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to borrow that. And we met this guy for five minutes, and he's telling us he needs to borrow our laptop to edit something. <laughs> he's a dear, dear friend now. And, he's just how he,
5: and he, honestly, I think we gave it to him. Well, like, yeah, no, absolutely.
4: And then he was like, what camera did y'all shoot that movie on? We're like, oh, we shot it on the DVX100. We just bought it a couple months ago. And he's like, yeah, we all come out and, and DP. Well, this no, short? he said, hey,
5: I'm gonna need to borrow that. And we're just like, well, oh, that's right. You're we not gonna no. borrow it without us. We're coming along with <laughs> it. And so we came on as, as, uh, as digital digital dp camera second unit unit
2: dps DPs or whatever um and so Um, sorry i was just just so that we get to red right hand before (laughs) we run out of time so so lost on purpose did that get you guys back back in yeah we'll go fast like into the rooms
5: so lost lost on purpose opened a door that that we
4: got into some film festivals and
2: we We
5: won
4: we won like a dozen 20 or a dozen like a minus B plus film festivals. No film markets attached. Like you said, like a Newport Beach, Palm Beach International Film Festival. Uh, Real Heart in Canada. Like we won a bunch of awards at a ton of those mm-hmm. film festivals, but we didn't have like sun the Sundance sun or anything like that.
1: Yeah. You make a lot of cool friends at like fellow filmmakers yes. and yeah. like opening night galas, but like no deals are being
4: made. Yeah, exactly. And, and then what that yeah. opened up. A lot up... of
1: Pop Chips and Stella Artois at the time.
5: Exactly. Dude, yeah. Stella. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, yeah. you know, the so
4: we started yeah. right. So, so <laughs> the rap was brand new at that time, right around that time. The rap was brand new. And they were like, uh, we met Sharon Waxman at, um, uh, God, I think it was Catherine's Wake. At Catherine James's Wake because Catherine James was in her book. And so we're like, um, she's like, oh, you know, she, we we had a great conversation with her. And she's like, oh, if you guys are, she's like, if you guys are into your distributing, you're self-distributing this movie, Lost on Purpose, we're all, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, if you guys want to write about that on The Wrap, I'd love to hook you up with one of my editors and see if you publish some of these articles and see how this goes. Cool. So we were kind of, Chronicalizing the road the the film festival roadmap we were doing and, and doing our own distribution and uh <clears throat> we came up with as we were doing, and obviously you know we were critiquing these film festivals and what would have made it a lot better for us as filmmakers? We were just like oh, it'd be great if there was like a revenue system we could tap into of some sort it'd be great if we could do this, it'd be great if we could do that and here's what we would do if we were putting together film festivals they should they could be should be. Would be filmmaker friendly. Run like this, bump, 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 bump. So you could make money as a filmmaker, and not just you know the festival makes all the money, and you don't get to see anything, and you're spending money traveling, and you're spending money doing this, and you just don't see any back. We're like, it'd be great if we could do this, and at least we could see sharing the profit. Because at that point, we were selling out like twelve hundred seat theaters with a couple mm-hmm. of the movies, and we were just like, how much? Did, it was ten bucks a ticket. We're like, how much is that? Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> can we get a little of that to pay for some sure. expenses? Um, and, and we were just like, here's how we would do it. Cause it would be really great for the filmmaker. And I don't think it would hurt the film festival very much. Um, and those articles went out and this guy, um, I can't remember his name right now, but he decided off of those like three articles that he decided that he was going to form that festival. And so he literally made that festival off the, off the bullet points we put down there of how we would do it. And then he called us and said, Hey, uh, he got got hold of us. And he was like, uh, Hey, I, I made a festival like the ones you guys said on the, on the wrap. And we were like, holy shit, really? He was like, I'd love to put your film festival in it or your film in it. And so he did. And someone saw it in that little festival. It was a little festival. Someone saw it, uh, Autumn McAlpin. And she said, interesting. You made this for how much money? And you got all that cast. How I have half a million dollars in the book rights to this book. And I'm trying to get it made. And I've written a $20 million script and it's been all over town. And I'm just in development hell. And I want to just back up and make it for half a million dollars. How do I do that? Can you guys show me how to do that? So we talked to her about it and she's like, would you guys take a pass at the script? Take this $20 million script that I wrote, budgeted, and 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 do a half a million dollar pass on it. And so we read the book, we looked at the script, we did our pass on it. The producers liked it. And, they were, and the one stipulation we had when they said, will you rewrite this for us? is we said will we write it for free? Cause they were like, we don't have enough money to pay you to do it. Like, you know, like we're fucking, this is bottom of the barrel. Like we have a half a million dollars. We want to put it on the screen. And we're like, if you will guarantee us that we are making this movie after we write it, we'll write it for free. And they said, yes, hand shook on it. I don't, we didn't know if that was going to really be fruition, but we spent sure. the next six months putting that script together with everything we had uh, in between our ears anyway. Um, and, and, Passed it into them. They really liked it. We went out and cast within three months, maybe it was six months, but it was like three to six months after we'd finished handing the script, we were shooting in Utah. It was like that fucking awesome. And we had Danny Glover and James Lafferty were the two leads. And we'd had James Lafferty in our past film, uh, Lost on Purpose, uh, as one of the leads. And so we cast that sucker up, called in all the favors with Dale Dickey um, and a couple other amazing actors uh, to come in and do bit parts for us and then cast the rest up out of Utah and shot that movie. It sold to Mar Vista. It was uh, it went on Netflix and became like that was before Netflix had a shitload of content. It was they were pretty mm-hmm. new in mm-hmm. their digital world, and we were like number one on Netflix for months because we were probably the only damn thing on there that was brand sure. new that had come on there. And so like everyone's this...
1: already seen Helvetica and Super <laughs> right? High Me. So. <laughs> yeah.
4: And yeah. so from that, they the producers came back to us and said, "Do you have anything else?" And we've said, "Well, we've got all these crime thrillers. Actually, they're nothing like Waffle Street." But well, we wrote these crime thrillers in this five-year period that we're desperate to fucking – we're pumped. We're so excited to make. This is like our heart. And
1: and, and and just to clarify, though, like the the crime thriller stuff, that really is – your voice that's really what you guys have want to be doing kind of all the time or or is it something where you're like oh we're eclectic and we want to kind of like dabble a little bit more
4: i'd say eclectic and i'd say if you watch the dramas and you watch the dramas you'll feel us all the way through them you know what i mean but then you put our voice inside of a crime filler and they just have higher budgets and more excitement and some Mm -hmm. gunplay and some action and some suspense and we love that too like we're working on this big sci-fi right now that like we'd love to put our voice on a sci-fi you know we're putting on it Mm -hmm. right now so Mm -hmm. like Like we, we, we love different genres. I think a lot of people do, you know, like when we went to South by Southwest with small town crime, they, they were like, what are your five favorite films? And, you know, that led you to this movie. And we're like, it's it's five easy pieces, uh, predator, uh, you know, like Mm -hmm. it it was fucking Mm -hmm. all over the board. And, uh, we were just like, Jesus, like everybody else had like five movies that were pretty close to what they had made. And ours was just pretty hairy. Yeah. It's
1: it's the sixth point on, on the, the, the line, right? Like everything connects and you guys are like just like an earthquake on the Richter scale. Right.
4: And so, and that's what we had to do. We were running around these crime thrillers and people were reading them and enjoying them but they couldn't tell what the fucking genre was and that was the Mm -hmm. question we kept getting. What is this? What is this going to feel like when you make it? And finally, we made made Waffle Street and the producers were like, hey, we had a great experience. Do you guys have anything else we can make around two million bucks? And we said, we've got this crime thriller. We passed Mm -hmm. them small town crime. They were like, holy shit, we love this. Um, if you guys can get some cast together, we will make this for 2 million bucks. And so Esham and I, our first call was Octavia Spencer and mm-hmm. we were, cause she loves crime thrillers. Obviously we've known her at that point for like a decade. And we were just like, Hey, uh, we've got, the, we were actually, she had hired us to write, um, turn this book into a, into a series. And so we were taking these creative meetings with her, just hanging out at her house, talking about stuff. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're working on. What we're thinking blah, 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 for about an hour or so. And then at, one of them, we just finished Waffle Street. And she was like, what y'all working on? And we're like, oh, we just finished this trailer. We'd love to show you the Waffle Street trailer. And she watched it. And she's like, holy shit, y'all got Danny Glover? I fucking love Danny Glover. She gets all pumped up. She's like, well, what do you got next? What are you guys doing next? Uh, this, looks, looks, this looks awesome. We're like, well, we've got this crime thriller we actually just got funding for. But when she's like, y'all got a crime thriller and we're like, yeah, yeah. She's like, you know, I love crime thrillers. So she passed it to us. She Within 24 hours, she called us and was just like, holy shit, I'm in y'all. I'm EP in this. Who do you want? Make a list <laughs> of 10 people. Like, it's on. I'm so excited. And is there like a cop or something I could play in this? And we're like, holy shit. So we went back to the drawing board. We called her back. We said, absolutely, yes, 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 yes. And we'll figure out the acting part because yes. <sighs> and then we came back to her uh, like within a couple hours. And we'd had this brain brainstorm where – the movie's about a an ex-cop who tries to find a dead body. Or who tries to find out who killed who killed this this woman. Um, and he's a complete fuck-up. And he's his sister is like, hey, you're a fuck-up. You ruined our lives. He, she and her husband are having like the worst time with this guy. And so we were like, well, what if... Because at that point, we'd already talked about casting John Hawks in the lead. We hadn't really mm-hmm. gone out to him yet. But she was pumped about the idea. She's like, I've been in like three movies with this guy. And I haven't had a scene with him. Like, I fucking he, love this John guy. John Hawks
1: is like one of those dudes also that like... He's got like that Bill Murray mystique around him. Where it's like, <laughs> sure. oh, he doesn't have a cell phone. Yeah. You know, drop yep. a note under a, a dog bowl. <laughs> it is. And then, you know, three days later, maybe you get a phone call from him. Right. Exactly. Like, how how real is that? How true is that? It's like- a
4: thousand percent true. The way that she got a hold of him was she was like, I've got I have I say ser- I share a publicist with John. Let me uh, send him a fax. Let me set, I, so she calls her and says, "How do I get a hold of John?" And the publicist was like, "You're going to have to fax him. He's a luddite. He has no technology and refuses to do to do technology." <laughs> and later on, we go sit down with John because he, he he dug it, and he was like, "I'm re- I, I read this fax <laughs> came through. He's, He's like, like I and I'm this like, slippery paper <laughs> <laughs> with holes in it on the side. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was like, I." I read the I read the facts and I'm just like, what is this script? What is this like the jerk? Like like I'm you know like what I'm playing? She's playing my sister? How does this even fucking work? So he was intrigued. Uh, it was a great great message it was from a her hook. Yeah, it's because good. it hooked him to even see what the hell is she talking about. So he <laughs> reads it and he's like, I fucking loved it. I, he's like, I'm a big Rockford Files fan. And this, <laughs> for me, you know, has that vibe. Of course, it's your own voice. He's like, "But it has that fucking Rockford vibe, and I'm fucking I'm stoked. We're like, all right, shit, amazing. Um And so we cast Octavia as his sister. And the whole point was that he, you know, we told her this backstory. We're like, well, what if they, what if this black family adopts this kid and he's a fucking mess by the time, you know, it's kind of the, at the time it was like the reverse story, blindside story, right? It's like they get this black, this wonderful black family gets this screw up, screw up white guy and he just fucks their family up. And that was basically what the, what the, what the relationship was between them. And Octavia loved it. Oh, I fucking love that. Um, And they had some, they had a dicey scene or two together. So she was really digging on that. And then John loved that idea. And then she was like, well, who else, who's, who's going to play my husband? Who's going to pay my husband? We're like, well, we're big Anthony Anderson fans. And she goes, yeah. oh shit. Okay, great. I know Anthony, we get our nails done at the same salon. And we were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and she's, so she calls us back a week later and she's like, it wasn't the salon boys, but I got to hold Anthony. Uh, he in. was, he was just in the middle of like Blackish just taking off, just exploding at that point. Um, And she's like, he's in, he's pumped. This sounds like a lot of fun to him. Uh, he's reading the script and he read the script and he's, he was in. Um, and so, yeah, so we, that was the, those three actors were on board and then it was, we were launched Mm -hmm. and, and. And and out to sea, and we had two. One point nine was ended up being our budget. Yeah, uh, we made it. Got into South by thirty-day 30 shooting schedule. Thirty-day shooting um, schedule in Utah, Salt Lake City. That's
5: healthy. That's nice, right?
2: And yeah. were you guys like kind of leveling up on like DP's production designer was like union like all that uh, stuff?
5: Yes. So we've we've had the same DP for five pictures. His name's Johnny Durango, and he came on board with us during Lost on Purpose, our first true real movie with the crew,
4: and he helped raise money for the movie. And at that point, Esh started working with Johnny in safety videos in downtown LA where Ash was his grip, towing fucking cords and shit, stingers, flapping fucking sure, yeah. gels to make it look like there was a oh, fire yeah, off screen. Yeah. Um, and then we started making these movies and Johnny would come over and watch them. And then after, after squirrel, Tra- squirrel trap, he's like, Oh yeah, good job guys. And then after night of the dog, he goes, you know what the only fucking problem with this movie is? We're all wet. He's all, I didn't shoot it. This looks like shit. Like I could fucking improve your game. We're like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. And we went and did a short together. Um, and it did look way better it <laughs> looked fucking ridiculous he went and got right, a I lens <laughs> he went and got a lens and was like we need some depth of field guys what the fuck is this look you're shooting it looks terrible it looks like video Uh, so he like got a lens and got some depth of field we shot this short together it looked like fucking you know, a painting and we were just like wow and we had the same shit light set up but he knew how to use them Um, and we came out the short looked amazing we were super excited and then it was okay. What are we making together after this? And we passed him, lost on purpose. He's like, I'm in. And from there, we've we've never had another DP. He's our guy, and and we've all grown together a ton.
5: Yeah. He's, at this point, he's like a third Nels brother. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> but okay, oh, so, oh, so, anyway, so so small so town
5: crime. So we get small town crime, and we get to uh, premiere South, at South by Southwest
4: in a 1200 seat theater, and it's fucking packed. And yeah. it was the ending has a has a has a has a has a has Dakota. a moment that's a bit of an audience pleaser type of moment. Uh, mm-hmm. in a shootout, at the end of a shootout. And mm-hmm. the place, we got a standing ovation during the end of the shootout. And man, I was about ready to fucking cry. Like, I look over at Ash, sure. and I think he was crying. I was crying, for sure. And I, we he was sitting, he couldn't even stand up, and I was just like, oh my god! Like, it, the fucking reaction was just like... I I was on was, fire. I wanted to jump off the balcony we were sitting in. I was so on fire and ride the fucking hands through the crowd. It felt like that moment, you know? And then sure, we fucking like We did it. We did it. it, it. felt yeah, like yeah. that moment, right? And so it,
5: and it was not an easy shoot. Like every bit hell. of it was a fight. Um, and to and, and
1: just to 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 follow up, are you guys still working day jobs at this point? like have you been able to still j jobs so it's well when we did well you're wondering like
4: how do you get 30 shooting days or 35 sorry it was 35 shooting days on a 1.9 million dollar budget well the director writers slash producers don't get that credit but but we were doing a lot of jobs and we were writer directors are not in any unions and we got paid five thousand dollars a piece or ten thousand dollars i think it was five thousand dollars a piece to write and direct and we were okay with that Mm -hmm. we didn't give a fuck because we were Mm -hmm. like Everything's going on the screen, and and the producers were of the same ilk. They were like, everything's fucking going on the screen. So thank goodness we were, everyone was taking everyone minutes. was taking shit for sure. pay, and it was going up on the screen. And, and this was
2: paid for by the Waffle People, right?
4: Yes. Well, they had well, a they had a financier, yeah, it, that it was not involved with the Waffle, waffle Street, Street, but some but of it the was Waffle the producers Street went off and had some. They had some financiers that wanted to make a movie with them, um, and we ended up being that first movie. So that was that was super exciting, super awesome. They trusted us as far as putting everything on the screen with us, no one took a payday and it was all just, everybody was there for the art. And, and I mean, we were rolling the dice on it, right? This was an investment in our future.
5: Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it fortunately, it paid off.
4: And then, so, so we finished the screening at, 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 at the Paramount in, in South by Southwest. <clears throat> and that's when we got New reps. We got new reps because at that point, the crazy thing is, we went and did Waffle Street, right? And Waffle Street was offered to us off of Lost on Purpose, and we had all these crime thrillers in the drawer. And our agents were like, "What are you going to go do?" We're like, "We're going to go do this movie, Waffle Street. They're they're going to give us the half a million dollars." And uh, what the fuck is it about? Uh, this guy. They're like, "Okay, guys, look. This is not. This has nothing to do with the crime thrillers that we're trying to get going for you." you guys are nuts. Like you're heading off in some weird boondoggle direction that doesn't have anything to do with where your career should be heading. This is not going to help you at all. It's going to make you look like you're disjointed. You don't know what the fuck you're doing and you don't know what genre you're in and you don't know what's happening and this isn't going to help you. And we're like, okay, well, we're still doing it. And they're like, okay, you're fired. They fired us. <laughs> yeah. And they still took a cut of our percentage, <laughs> which was like $2,500. They took like, <laughs> it took break. the $250 from yeah. us. Yeah. <clears throat> And then promptly fired us after they got the $250 check, which is fucking hilarious. Like um, like two weeks later, they fired us. And we
5: t- I remember telling them, they're like, why are you doing this? Like, like well, we don't know, but it just feels like this is going to lead to the
4: rest of We it. literally told them, we have a feeling that these, if we do a good job on this, we'll be able to get to those crime thrillers with these people with some money they can round up. We've never worked with people that can have access to money before. We were always just raising it on our own, putting our own money in. Sure, so sure. these people actually have money to spend on films. Like, let's go make some movies with them and see if we can get some of our stuff through.
1: And also, like, you know, it's not like your reps had been keeping you busy nonstop otherwise. No. It's not like, guys, what are you doing? We're busy making money and making movies over here. Why why take this detour? It's like, is the choice between making a movie and not making a movie? Is
4: that what you're mad about?
1: Us making a movie?
4: That's literally right? the conversations, and that is literally the stance we took, and they fired us. And yeah. so we had zero reps when we went into small-town crime. Zero reps. and And... We we leaned on Octavia. She protected us through that first part of it, of getting all the actors on board and helping us, like, and vouching for us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, put the cast together. It came out really well. We ended up selling it for what we'd made it for at South by Southwest as of on Films. It was funny because, like, the <clears throat> South by Southwest director said, Nothing sells out of
5: South by Southwest. If you expect to come here and make a big
4: sale, you're not doing it. This that was the about- amazing hype speech they give you at South by Southwest. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, they they run a great fucking festival it is incredible yeah but, yeah she's so like this is, this is about the you're experience gonna who you're gonna money. meet here yeah. Yeah. yeah but there's no Have money here peso. this is not sundance you're not gonna walk out of here with a multi-million dollar deal and we told her after she said that to us we said we're gonna prove you wrong just idiot naive filmmakers <laughs> and then literally at the end of it we had a multi-million dollar deal for our picture which was fucking really cool um, who was it from saban saban films yeah mm. bought the film outright um, and basically had, did a n- negative pickup.
5: Yeah. We had, and we had a, another, a couple, a couple studio that was, that was willing to do it. Um, and then ultimately Saban was the one that, that won out for it.
4: Yeah. Which, and, and that ended up being a really great relationship because when we got fat man going, we went around town and shopped it and everybody was kind of like, yeah, we needed like another million and a half dollars minimum to do what we were trying to do. We'd had to budget it out. And then it was like, well, we were supposed to first make it with a studio. Yeah. And then that fell through. Yeah. We were supposed, we had a studio attached to it. We were going to do it. And then they backed out of it. Um, and then we were like, well, we're going to, we're just going to go do it with an independent company. Cause we had a couple of independent companies, uh, Mm -hmm. excited about it as well. And so we took it to them and then everywhere we went, you know, it's always a little lower in the independent space because everybody's trying to hedge their bets and make sure they make their money back. So Studios are a little more like, well, hey, maybe we can promote our way out of this. you know, and We're going to spend a few million mm-hmm. dollars more. So we had a budget that was pretty slim and that was like, hey, we need this to actually be able to build these sets or we can't just shoot against a stone wall and call it the elf factory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were like, we have to actually fucking build something. So we needed another million and a half dollars. And, and what happened was, uh, Saban ended up doing really well with small town crime. Not like, you know, a bazillion dollars, but they made millions of dollars more than and, they had on And it. we described like Saban, <laughs> you know, treated. And
2: do you get any kind of that? No,
4: because we weren't in any unions. We didn't get anything. We didn't get there was no residuals for small town crime. Yeah.
2: So just, you didn't get you just got your five thousand. We got five thousand right dollars a piece.
4: And that was it. And the opportunity to make another one. Yeah.
2: And, then and we the got movie sold in. for two million dollars yes and no no points or anything like like the points
4: are monkey points though because you go in especially if you're unrepresented it's like net profit and no one ever makes a profit even when they're telling you like we've had all kinds we've had all kinds of people in that in that like in that position of distributing our film telling us they're making millions of dollars but then when it comes down to the accounting are you really gonna spend six figures on an audit to go try to get that money back and ruin that relationship like like, we we pushed forward with every one of them and paid it forward. We were just like, okay, we're making this one for $5,000. We're lucky to even get a fucking experience like this to have our movie funded at this level. Let's make the best movie we can and get paid next time. And that's basically what happened. We made I mean, Fat Man.
2: It is crazy, though, right? That you're premiering a movie at South By with Octavia Spencer, and you get the biggest sale of the festival, and then... You no. go back to teaching kids to swim and we did. Yeah. Storyboard.
4: Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. But, but we had a lot more cachet as far as we were getting mm-hmm. into a, and we got, like I said, rooms. we got
5: uh, ICM. Yeah. We got, um, yeah. And, and we were cooking, we were cooking yeah, with yeah, gas we're... And, 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 and small town crime opened up a ton of doors for us, you know, and we didn't think we were going to get to make Fat Man next. That seemed like uh, way down the road. A couple yeah. more films, and
4: then our reps were like, "Guys, this is the most like awesome, crazy, batshit nuts things you have. Like, we think and we should f- go batshit nuts." For
1: for um for the uninitiated listener, Fat Man is a movie where like Santa Claus has a vendetta against, or maybe uh, it's the uh, other uh, way around. Yeah.
5: So uh, so so a twelve year old boy gets a lump of coal in his stocking, so he hires a hitman to kill Santa.
1: Right. And never gets over it. Uh, and Mel Gibson is Santa. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
5: And Walton yeah.
4: Goggins is the assassin.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: <laughs> the amazing thing is that we went out to Mel. We went out to Mel in 2008, I think it for was. For the same part. For the same part mm-hmm. with the same script. Couldn't even get a read. Couldn't even get his boot scum to read it you know what i mean we couldn't get we couldn't even get anybody to accept it as a read and we had some pretty decent producers pushing it they couldn't get a read out of he was kind
2: of at the top of your oh he was
4: killing it man you know what i mean he was the man um and then you know shit happens he gets in a position and we were just like fucking mel is they were like who do you want to be the guy and we're like it's fucking mel it's mel i'm sorry it's mel and we had seen him at this screening uh of hacksaw ridge and he had this beard and he was kneading it like this at the screening when he's doing the QA. And we were just like, It's fucking him. It's fucking Chris. He's still Chris. Like he's even more Chris than he was before. Yeah. And he just had this burden on his back because the shoot was so fucking rough. And he's telling the stories from the fucking the shoot. And he was just like, Oh yeah, we did, we did this, we did that. We were just like, fuck, this is the guy. Like he's he's the guy even ten times more. So we were like so when we got a chance to make the movie, our first they were like, Who do you want to do this? We're like, It's can we go to Mel Gibson? And they were like, yeah that sounds fucking crazy yes this sounds cool so
2: this is who icm is like calling his agent at that uh, point
4: we had some producers on there and they you know had inroads to uh agents at uh and we had nadine
5: dabaro C A uh and, and you know. she
4: was financing so she could go make an offer so we went and made like a real offer with we're financed here's a real offer <clears throat>
5: and, when you say uh,
2: real offer it's like a The the amount of money that you're paying is real, and the perks are real, and the points are real. It it, was essentially like
5: if you say yes, this is how much you're going to get
2: paid. This
4: is how much you're going to get paid. Or this is the starting point of negotiations of how much you're going to get paid. And this is the budget of the film. And I'm actually backing it if you say yes. So, and she's made it. what's
2: What's that called when you get the money, regardless? Oh, oh, play. play. Okay. It was not a pair or yeah, play. Yeah, no.
4: It was not a pair of play.
2: It's,
5: it's not that stacked. He has to say yes. And if he says yes, we're going.
4: And everyone was telling us like Mel at that point was so notoriously slow to read. And they're like, he's he's really picky. He's not going to read. Da-da-da-ba-ba. And we're like, all right, well, let's just fucking try. Let's give it like a month, and then let's move on.
2: Did you yeah. write a letter? Did you do? Oh yeah,
4: we wrote a letter, and yep. I think we finished it with like, besides, you look fucking great in a beard. That's what we finished. <laughs> that was like the last sentence of it. <laughs> and so a month passes. Did you and... write
2: that letter the first time around when he didn't? When his boots come? We probably <laughs> we did even more. We probably
4: we put this box together with like the script in it, wrapped it like a present, put a cigar on it. Like we did all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. Did a bunch of
5: artwork that went into yeah. storyboards. And it was I, crazy. It, I just
4: don't think anybody looked at it. It yeah. just was not. A serious project, you know, at that point, because we didn't have funding. We just had producers and we were trying to, you know, break in the door <clears throat> to get financing. To it's get it's a different
5: story when you go in and you're like, hey, we have no gate, we have no path to financing, but if you come on board, I'm sure we can find one. Yeah. And that's a very mm-hmm. different conversation than we have all the money, all, the money ready to go. If you come on board, you get a check and we go make a movie. Here's your offer. Yeah, we're gonna tell be us months. Months. let's go. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. And so Nadine did that for us. We went out and made the offer. A month goes by. Ash and I are like, fuck, I guess we're going to have to fucking move on. That's kind of a heartbreak. And then I get this email in my inbox and it was like, uh, you know, like I didn't know who it was from. And then the person didn't sign off. There was like no fucking.
5: It wasn't like uh, Braveheart dude 79 Yeah. Right? It was like some right. weird it's fucking like email. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
4: <yeah. laughs> it was some weird ass email. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to fucking, let me, let me, let me just. And we had taken so many meetings with producers at that point, probably like 20, 25 meetings with producers and production companies and financier, possible people here and there co-producers and, and and we're meeting with like germany everybody to just talk about hey well you put a little money in or hey how do we do blah, blah. and uh and uh the the email was like hey i read fat man uh it's fucking hilarious let's sit down for a chin wag and we were like what the fuck like who is this i was like is this some like british you know like british exec somewhere um so I, I wrote him back, and I was like, "Hey, thanks, great! So glad you enjoyed it. You know, like the fucking you know template of what you write somebody back. So glad you responded to that, or whatever. And I was like, so so glad you enjoyed it. Um, BTW, Sorry, I don't recognize this new email. Phone,
2: who did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
4: And I literally at the end of it, I was just like, I don't recognize the email. Sorry, um, who is this? And then. Uh, five minutes later, the email pops through. It's like, oh, sorry, I forget to sign off sometime. This is Mel. And we were like, wah! I th- I fucking reached over, and I think I fucking grabbed Ash and shook him. And I was like, holy shit, fucking Mel read it. He likes it. He wants to meet. He wants to talk. And so we set up this meeting in Malibu where we were going to go sit at a at a little cafe that was near his house and just talk. And they said, you got an hour. Uh, make sure you're dialed. Make sure you're dialed. Go in there. You know, Mel's not going to sit around and listen to you fucking blibber blabber. You know, for fucking, you know, just got shit <laughs> to do for six hours. Like, get in there, get out, get your shit done. This was like his people telling us, like, you know, get in there, Melsby's guy. Like, okay, cool. We go in there, and then, you know, four hours later, we fucking emerge mm-hmm. because we had such a fucking great conversation. And it all started with him sitting down, you know exchanging some pleasantries being very complimentary about the script and then he goes there's one scene i just want to i just want to i want to talk about it. he's like there's one scene here i feel like this kind of informs the whole thing i feel me. like it informs the whole thing for me and i just want to see get your take on it and and see what you think he's like there's this scene where santa you know he has to tell his elves that they have to take this military contract to survive the year and we're like yeah yeah and he's like i feel like when i'm out there on that runway talking to the elves it." It's, a, it's such a heartbreak moment that I, I feel like I should be like near tears I should be like crying like I, it's just it's that fucked up of a moment for this guy that he has he has to do this to these poor little guys and we're like he and we're like yeah yeah exactly near tears yeah exactly that's yes and then he goes I think that is what's gonna make it so funny and we're all yes like <laughs> yes that's what's fucking funny to us about it yes um, because, and because we did one theme one we're gonna play this dead series we're gonna play it straight sure. super yeah. straight. Because there there's a version of that where, you know, like missiles are shooting out of reindeer's asses and fucking, you know, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Crane, you're winking at the camera constantly. Yeah, he, 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 he walks out with the Rambo fucking bandana on because he's sure. such a big yeah, 80s yeah. fan. Like, it's a bunch of stupid shit that you could put in there to get fucking laughs out of. But we wanted to play it straight. We wanted it to be... Grounded, really grounded, and we—that's what we thought was funny, <laughs> and that's what he thought was funny as well. Yeah. So we were
1: Santa like, is God. heightened enough, basically. Yeah. Right. Right? Well, and that's like, what's
5: funny too, because Melga, we were like <laughs> sitting there, I'm like Santa is the most grounded character in this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you
4: know, we we and we had a blast making it with him. He was a consummate professional. Like we had four days in a row where we shot the final shootout, and it was thirty-two below, thirty-two below zero, and it was where is this cold is this ottawa the valley? ottawa can in the valley
1: boy oh boy
4: burbank no.
2: <laughs> we
4: shot this yeah, in 32 ottawa.
2: <laughs> below 100 degrees <laughs> exactly wait so 32 below zero and you're shooting with them and
4: so we're shooting walton and mel have this fucking epic shootout in the snow at the end of the movie spoiler alert but i mean it is a few years out here <laughs> so he he he's out there and we're like, okay, Mel. So first day we're shooting it, it's 30 below, everyone's nuts are freezing off, and we're just like, okay, look, you're done, Mel, get back in that warm tent, bro, get some fucking hot chocolate, we'll see you in an hour, or whatever, you know, bring Walton out here, or whatever. And then, uh, <clears throat> and the stunt guys, you know, the poor stunt guys, who gotta fucking be out there the whole time. Sure. So yeah. Mel goes, okay, yeah, great, okay, cool, great, thanks, guys. And we turn around and we launch into something else and we're fucking moving and shaking because every we got we got one, it's a huge, massive sequence. Everyone's freezing and we got to go. Like, what's got fucking go. We get distracted for like 20 minutes. The shot's setting up and we turn around and holy shit, Mel is standing right behind us. And we're like, did he not fucking hear us that he was cut? We are assholes. He thinks he's fucking shooting. Mm-hmm. He's been out here freezing his nuts for 20 extra minutes. And he's just sitting there talking to a grip and telling stories and fucking laughing and shit. And then we turn around and we go, Mel, we're so sorry. Uh, did you not hear us that you were cut? <clears throat> You've got probably got like an hour, hour and a half for you back up. He's no, no, I heard you guys. It's cool. It's cool. I'm good. We're like,
1: He's like, I made a movie in a kilt. It's fine.
4: <laughs> he stayed. He never went in the tor- warming tent for four days. He just had a green tea, hung out there in negative 32 degrees in his fucking oh, like costume. a the drink.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like he meant a green t-shirt.
4: <laughs> a green t-shirt. <laughs> He had his costume on with like very, we were like ready to scale, you know, Summit M Everest out there. And he was in his costume with like some piddly layer underneath. It was just good enough. And man, he never went in. He never complained. And then at the end of it, he was like, we're like, dude, I can't believe you stayed out there for four days straight. That was fucking crazy. And he's like, look, when you're making a film, nothing is more powerful than the actor and the directors being out there a thousand percent of the time because. The crew is out there a thousand percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Those fucking poor guys never get to go in. So I'm not going in. And we're like, and we never went in. And we like that's how we roll too. He gave
2: a braveheart speech on your he really did. He really
4: did. Then he rode the horse down. No. It was (laughs) it was fucking amazing. And we were just like, that's how you fucking do it. You know, like that's how it's done. Um and we had a lot of moments with Mel like that on the set that were just fucking galvanizing and awesome and you know, talking to him about the other previous movies he had he had done. Um yeah, he's
2: so then Do you go back to the ArcLight? No, Antonio. <laughs> We'd
5: officially gotten out of ArcLight. That was like the one where we actually like we got uh we got in the Writers Guild. We got it. You know, we actually got yeah. paid for the script. Um, and paid to direct. Yeah. Paid to
4: direct
2: it. Yeah, DGA so- too.
5: Did we were a DGA Canadian DGA because yeah. we shot in
4: Canada. Oh. So
2: there was no oh, G-
4: DGA dur- jurisdiction and it actually would have been too expensive, sadly, for us to go DGA because of the double whammy you get when you go back and forth there with the Canada. you had to pay twice. You had to pay twice. Oh. Mm. And then you would have had to fly in. It, there was something about the uh, price of the American DGA as opposed to the Canadian DGA. And we could get away with being just Canadian DGA and being sort of uh, princed into it there just for the months that we were there. So we took that route because we lived, I think we saved like a half a million dollars and were able to put it on screen. So, yeah, sure.
2: So, and so do uh, you guys make money off of that film? Yeah. There are residuals for that. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And so, but, but that came from our, that came from a couple of different things, right? I mean, one, we're making movies. We're, we're trying to level up Two, we get the right people in the right roles. Three, you've got a great financier Four, Saban comes in and, and says, and this was the savior, right? Says, oh, that extra million and a half that you've been hitting people up for all over town, and these other twenty five companies that are kind of stuck at a million and a half below that. Saban comes in, and uh, Jonathan Saba is the exec, and I want to fucking pump him because he's 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 been you know just so gracious, a, to just us. a beast. Yeah, he comes up to us and he goes, all right, look, I I've talked to the people at Saban. And uh, look, we love you guys. We want to support you as filmmakers, not just as, you know, hey, we want this movie when it's done. He's like, we're going to give you the extra million and a half. And, and here's our offer. And it was a million and a half above everybody. It was exactly what we needed. And that's what he asked us. He's like, what do you guys need to make this? Why do you keep going to all these companies? Like, what's, what's the hold up? We're like, we're a million and a half short. And so he came back like a day later and gave us the million and a half extra. And we went out and made the movie. And it literally would have been impossible to get the movie at the scope we were trying to hit. You know, without without them stepping up for us, you know,
2: um, it's so, so crazy how, you know, the beginning of the story is like, sure, you made fifteen hundred dollars, yeah, and you're and the people that made their movie for one hundred fifty thousand, you're like, holy crap, Like, got so much money, and now you're like, yeah, I mean, we this movie can't be made without this extra one and a half million
4: dollars, <laughs> it, but it really was that crazy because you after you get done paying all the you don't realize this right like like we don't really feel like there's been that much difference between the $200,000 movie we made and the rest of the movies we made because the money that you are paying to just level up to just get up with all the unions which are warranted very warranted because those people have experience and you're getting such quality work such experience but when you're leveling up like 90% of that goes to the level up not on the screen the other mm-hmm. 10% goes yeah. on the screen because so are just people working on the show yeah which is very warranted but and it levels just, up and right but it just shows you how the increments have to just keep going up you know what I mean like you're like oh now we're making a 50 million dollar film and even though the crew's 90 people it still feels like you know because you're only seeing 30 people a day anyway you know you don't see all those other 60 people they're all behind the scenes working their balls off so it was just like yeah, you, 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 you level up, but you feel like you're still making the same level of movie and and, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to get that extra million and a half to actually build four sets and have four days in the snow. You know, like it's sure it just it all goes and, into these weird places. And no matter what and you you still
1: don't have enough time either. Right. Right
4: again yeah. like that's just, what i was gonna say no matter what you do like if you make it 1.9 you're
5: like man if we only had another half million dollars a, d- a right. day and a half would be yeah, so then you, exactly yeah, yeah. then you're making the 11 or 9 million dollar <laughs> fat man you're like man if we only had another half million yeah. dollars and you say then yeah, you right. make the, the next one of yours it's the same it's every time it's the same thing
2: and so just to wrap up the the story the journey um just really can you just give us the the quick version of how red right hand comes off of this and then the second part is like, now do you, can you just make, get any movie made easily? So there
4: was, so there was this really cool thing that happened after small town crime where, um, we got into ICM, uh, had some great agents there, had some great agents there. Sorry, was I drifting oddly, but, uh, we had some great agents there and they hooked us up with Orlando Bloom, who was new at that agency had just come over and they were, mm-hmm. they said, Hey, check out this, these new filmmakers we picked up and they sent him our film unbeknownst to us. And then he had a he Batman? Lo- oh
2: small town small town crime yeah and crime. he
4: really enjoyed it and he was like I want to I want to have breakfast with these guys and so we sat down with him for breakfast and it was you know like one of those fucking weird cool super cool moments where just like More an Gio. A list actor says hey a hotel in Santa Stanford Monica breakfast? I can't remember what it was it was like a hotel in Santa Shudders. Monica it was like no it wasn't like the third story up in this place that mm-hmm. has a I don't know I, I can't I could pick it out if we drove by it but I can't be like I never went there again. <laughs> sure
5: was all celebrities no
4: no it was like no, honestly it was like, like, honestly,
5: it was like it were hardly anybody in there
4: yeah it was but it was a great place and it was quaint and it was we had a nice quiet conversation it was wonderful um he brought his little dog with him it was awesome and we so we sat around, right so we sat around for two hours and he it's was not just, legolas no, yeah right <laughs> so we sat around for two hours just talking movies and talking about life and and just you know getting to know him for two hours and there was this crazy thing that happened and I were sitting there and we were just like, and this is like 2017. And we were just like, man, I haven't seen a couple things he showed us, you know, just as a person. I've never seen that in a movie with him. Like I've never, Mm -hmm. I didn't know he was that person. I didn't know he was capable of that. I didn't know he was, I didn't know that was in him. And it was just little glimpses of things, things he'd say, stories he'd tell us. And we were just like, fuck. And he was like, guys, let's work on something together. Let's do it. You know? Um, And so we always had him in the back of our mind. And when that script hit us, we were just like, fuck, this is it. What if we put Orlando in this fucking crazy Southern noir thriller action film as this fucking guy from Kentucky? And the characters are so rich in the film that for us, you know, envisioning him as that character, it was just like putting him as a person on his head for people like we'd never seen him do anything like that. So that was that. And that's, we literally made the we text him. We said, dude, we just got this script in. You need to fucking read it. We couldn't be more excited or passionate about you playing this role. It's fucking crazy. But if you have any interest in it, just call us after you read it. Like, let's talk. And, and when so, you
2: get the script, it's like hmm. so good that you don't even say like, you know, we're going to change this part, and this is this is, like. Mm-hmm. Oh no, well, exactly there was a process
4: finish. to it. Like, yeah. we got the script; it was like a Nickel Fellowship semi-finalist or something. Yep, um, great and, script. I mean, the great the, script.
5: Jonathan easily wrote a great, great script. The
4: characters leapt off the page. It's the characters, the dialogue. Um, and what we, what we, he did all the changes up front and there was a development period where we spent maybe like a couple of weeks and we just said, Hey, can you, we were trying to up the action sequences a little bit because they were, they were, they were a lot, they were smaller in places, a lot smaller. And we were just like, we really want to push ourselves with this action and get these, these sequences really humming. And so he worked with us for a few weeks, maybe like four or five weeks, really getting these, uh, and it was such a great collaboration because a lot of times a couple, we've had a couple of other collaborations where the writer's like, Hey, I want to, I want to write, I want to do the right, the writing on it. We're like, okay, yeah, cool. We get it. We're writers too. Like it's your baby. And they would start writing on it and they would, they're they're in love with the script the way they wrote it. and We get it. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. wouldn't give you a thousand percent in the, in the, in the rewrite. And then you're, it's kind of like, is that what you wanted? You know, kind of feeling when they pass it to you. Whereas sure, <laughs> Jonathan sure. would like break his back to make what you asked for work. And sometimes, you know, you're like, okay, I see what, like you, have you've, you've you've done all the work down the river as well. Fucking amazing, you know? And we we now realize as we're reading it, that note we gave you was shit because you had this hurdle and you figured that out and fixed it and now came back to us with a fix for something we didn't even know was a fix at the time. <clears throat> so he like went really hard. Uh, he went really hard in the paint trying to, trying to make that script work for us. Um, and we were so excited with it afterward that, uh, yeah, we were like, this is ready to go. And we did a little pass on it, just kind of a beat pass, you know, like, as directors, mm-hmm. you're like sitting there thinking, okay, what does this look like shot for shot? And so we took a few weeks at it just kind of going like, you know, as, as a writer for him, he's not technically like, you know, writing down every beat, every shot. He's like, we mm-hmm. do this, we do that. We mm-hmm. go here, we do that. And we're like, hey, it's a low angle. We come in and we, for us, our language as we're writing it to how we would shoot it, you know?
1: And is that, <clears> is that <throat> past something that you put in front of? actors, or is that something that's more kind of an internal process document for you?
4: We two? waited until that was done to put it in front of actors.
1: Yeah,
5: that's the, that's yeah. the last pass we, yeah. we did. Yeah, Gotcha, gotcha.
1: And then, so yeah, so it's a... important that the actors are seeing those beats in their mind the way that you see them rather than letting a screenwriter kind of gloss over some of the, the glue in between things. Sure.
4: And I I mean, we definitely try to write in our own stuff and anything that we're going to do. We try to write it so that you can have a pretty visceral experience while you're reading it. You know, that you're like, Oh Mm -hmm. shit, I can kind of see how this is playing. This is fun, you know? And, and we're big fans of like, you read a lot of James Cameron's early scripts, the way he writes action. It's cracking. Like you watch, Mm -hmm. you read like his Mm -hmm. original Terminator script or his aliens scripts from back in the eighties. And Holy shit. It's like he's racing through the maze he's race- racing through the alleys like a like a hot wired rat in a maze. You know, it's like shit like that. You're like, whoa. Yeah, like yeah. you can see it from a top view. And you know, and he's got like yeah, yeah. low angle pushing in as he's or whatever, you know, his sneakers or you're just like, whoa, like everything's just popping visually for you as you read his action. And we really Attempt to try to. I mean, we don't put a lot of camera stuff in anymore. Right, we probably yeah. backed off on off on that and and say other things instead of pushing in with a whatever fucking lens. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't mm-hmm. do that anymore. But like, we do say like, you know, you get an idea of like when you're like we're low on a sneakers or you know, you, you do use sure. shit like that. Yeah. To try yeah. To, to or try we
1: it. notice X, Y, <clears throat> or Z, and right. you know that feels like an insert or right. you know whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do you,
2: do you guys have like a <clears throat> separation of duties? Like on set, is one of you a little more? shot selection camera angles and then one more like talking to actors or are you guys pretty much both doing everything Um, or do you guys storyboard everything so it's already kind of set to go
5: exactly so in the storyboard process and in the script writing process um we really get it all dialed so that you know if one of us gets hit by a bus on the way to the set the other (laughs) one can just take the baton and no one would notice um i think at this point in in our collaboration we've become like dysfunctionally codependent and uh, we both talk to actors, it, you know, neither of us have any ego about it. It's like, Oh, Hey, you know, like after a take, we'll, we'll make a quick powwow. Like,
4: Oh, no. And you will be like, Oh, you know, what about this? I'm like, Dude, let's go tell him. And right? probably on like our first film, uh, I definitely had that experience, right? Cause Esch is doing all the storyboards and we're shooting this $1,500 film and Esch is doing all the storyboards. And then the actors, the five actors are out there and Esch is out there like, okay, you're here and this is there and this is happening. And then you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that. And I don't even think I studied the storyboards that well that first time we were directing Squirrel Trap back in the early 2000s. And I just remember feeling way out of the loop on the first day. And I was just like, that's never going to happen to me again. And then Esh and I, I fucking made sure I understood every ounce of those storyboards and every frame that we were storyboarding and writing down. And we've done that ever since. And when he's out there, and then... And probably on the first film, I do remember moments of, you know, starting to sweat, the flop sweats, when, like, he's talking to the actors for, like, three hours straight, and I haven't said a word to them, and I'm like, they're fucking, they think I don't know what I'm doing. I'm back here, and I'm fucking (laughs) just sweating. Like, I don't know, you know, and then, like, now, now... He's talking to the actress for three hours. And I'm just like, fucking talk to the actress for three hours. Like, you got it. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. You understand what you're saying. And then I'll take over for two or three hours yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we're, it, there's baton passes everywhere now. And there's we try to be as egoless about every part of it as possible. The only thing we concentrate on is, are we getting what we want? Are we getting what we needed? And is this what we envisioned? Yeah. I, and I do think, like, to, to Ian's story, Like I remember in those early films,
5: I was so attached to the storyboards. And so I remember we, we showed up at this oh, gas shit. station. That was
4: fucking funny.
5: And they were like, Hey, you can't shoot here anymore. We changed our mind. And we're like, Oh shit. <laughs> and so Ian comes back like, goes, we dude, we boarded it. Yeah. You pull it out. For and show them. <laughs> yeah. And so Ian comes back, he, comes, he runs down the road. He comes back, he goes, don't worry, dude. I got the gas station down the street. They're going to let us shoot out there for like another 20 minutes. I'm like, great, let's go. We hop in the car. We get into, the, we get to the location. I get out of the car I go,
4: the pumps and everything are completely arranged differently. I'm like,
5: this fucks up the plan, dude. How does this work? And my brain, honestly, like, skipped a beat. Like, I could I was like, could not compute. I was like, wait, what? And he goes, calm down, dude, I got it. And he's like, I'll put, start putting actors in scene. I was like, thank you, man. And then (laughs) literally 20
4: minutes later, he goes, holy fuck, thank you. I don't know what happened. He's like, it wasn't the storyboards, and I fucking, I lost it. Uh, that was our first $1,500 movie. Like we're just learning anything and everything at that point.
5: And I was like, and that that was my moment where I was like, that will never happen again. And I can't be, you can't
4: be that attached to the boards. And now like, you know, you go into a scene and you're working with an actor like Walton Goggins and you're like, hey, here's the boards. You hit ABC. And he's like, what if I go ADF, which aren't even on the fucking storyboards. (laughs) And you're like, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: fuck, try it. Let's do it. You know, (laughs) let's fucking go. Okay. Then that means we got to move the camera over here. Johnny, he wants to fucking go boom boom boom. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking run that and see what it looks like. Cool, awesome. And then Walton will come up with like twenty five fucking brilliant things that you got to fucking follow him. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and now all you all he needs is a runway, and he's gonna fucking figure out. He's the gonna rest be of on a voyage line. of discovery. Exactly. <laughs> um, whereas then that yeah, we've worked. It's
2: funny. That's with... yeah. right. Yeah. I I I think of like commercials <laughs> as like every single shot is boarded. Sure. But if I did like a narrative thing, I'd probably have maybe some important actions things but i'd probably just make like a shot list text and then kind of you, I, you know.
1: know i i wonder though or like i think look yeah have done it for a while it's been a minute and you get kind of your priorities would shift right but like the the great thing about commercials is that you're putting in reps in terms of learning how to refine your process and your prep in particular right like your prep is everything because you have to present it to to people so many times and so i feel like abandoning that skill set just because it's like a different medium feels unlikely you know like i mean maybe i guess it's like also just the scope is different right like you can't do an animatic with like precision for a two-hour movie, yeah. two movie yeah i think i, mean, I think it's good but you know
4: the thing the thing that uh helps a ton obviously is that Esh is a professional storyboarder so like sure he will literally you know when things change at times he'll sit down and just be fuck, like in between shots and stuff he'll be sketching what we're doing <laughs> now you know what i mean shit like that like he's just like and even if they're just quick thumbnails you know he's just doodling and, and like, that's our shot list yeah right? like, like we, sure, we honestly don't sure. do a shot list we're like <laughs> we show the the <laughs> we're getting through these boards. Yeah. We know here's what we want
5: to do. We want to cut here. We go to the DP and that's like, just our vocabulary now at this point.
4: And it helps a ton. Like when we sit down, even if it's like two people, he boards the entire film. If it's two people sitting across mm-hmm. from each other mm-hmm. for 30 seconds. That's boarded and that's sitting there. And then it's like, Hey, maybe these two bonus shots, you know, and then we'll get in there and start shooting. And the actors are so fucking good they start moving in different ways. They start doing different things. They understand what we've boarded out and they understand where they can move and shit starts to change. And then we're like, hey, Johnny, can we pop in on that? You know what I mean? Like shit starts changing. Um, but it helps so much to have, this, to, to have the template to start with and to show the actors, this is where you're at. This is where you can move. This is what you can do. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to move in for this and this, you know, or this is our move in. So let's let's do something fun and creative off the top so that move isn't boring. You're not just static you know like it's it's fun for them i think to understand because we've also been on uh, on some of those early shoots where where the actors are like okay what's my frame you know and you're like Mm -hmm. uh you know you're like uh johnny what's the frame you know (laughs) well yeah
5: like (laughs) i mean i know like some some actors are really stickler for like what millimeter lens you're on at what moment Mm -hmm. and how many cameras you're shooting at them right because their performance is is different for a a long shot or a you know telephoto it's like is it why telephoto what am i dealing with here you know yeah
2: Sure. sure yeah Am um, I gonna flare my nostrils? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How big am I going? Well, yeah. so just to wrap things up, um, can you remind us again where we can see Red Right Hand and also? Yes, yeah, so um, red, red Right Hand. Fat drop. Man?
5: Yeah, Red Right Hand dropping uh, Feb 23rd. It's going to be in theatricals. Uh, you know, some theatricals. It's settings. a
4: day and date as well. So I think we have. Um, it looks like thirty some odd theatrical across the nation. You know, theaters across the nation, but we're also day and date on. You know, all all your renting buying platforms like with apple and the Amazon places people yeah yeah
5: the usual yeah. suspects you know is, you, yeah, you, can find all, you can find T-Vod all of our it, movies yeah. um yeah so
4: yeah yeah cool. Killer. Then,
1: awesome so uh, uh, anyone at home you can you can watch it any which way hopefully in a theater but um worst case scenario at home isn't so bad either and what about fat man
5: is that... usual suspects as well yeah yep. that's gonna be on apple it, and... it also
4: has it, it was picked up by uh amazon. peacock peacock oh peacock. It's on okay. peacock. yeah it's go. on peacock and if you have peacock you can watch it on there for free or with ads or whatever they do they have i think they have a couple different tiers but yeah you could also rent it on amazon you can rent it anywhere or buy it anyway
2: awesome and is there another feature um you guys are working on I know you guys have some TV stuff going.
5: Yes, we've got. We, well, the TV stuff we've got uh, second season of Everyone's Doing Great, which is an independent um, TV series that we we produced, and uh... we sold
4: the first season to Hulu um, domestically, and then yeah, we we produced we produced we basically produced the whole eight episodes, and then sold it retroactively to Hulu, and then domestically, and then a bunch of other territories, and then we just finished uh, putting together. Uh, we Stephen and and James, <laughs> <laughs> the creators. Pretty much just finished. Uh, they they do a lot of the editing and you know all the directing and writing. Uh, a little it was a little bit shared this time, but they do a lot of all that stuff you know by themselves. So they were in there cracking on the edit uh, for the last few months and just finished the edit of all eight episodes. Um, and yeah, now they're out selling it with uh, the sales rep. So and as
2: far as we're it's going, it's not going back on Hulu
4: i don't know, I don't, I don't know. that's a good question because now it the game changes a little bit and that was a little bit by design right you you basically rent it to hulu or whoever whoever gets mm-hmm. it you rent it for a couple of years and then you get it back and now we have a second season so now you'll be buying or renting the first and second season so that it, it just changes a little bit of like okay do we want both seasons again or, or do we want you know and then there's other oh, territories so and then that game changes sure. a little bit what territory you sell and it's a first? fresh
1: premiere as well so yeah. like you know like, yeah that's really interesting
4: so I, I have no doubt it took it took a few months last time to you know get the ball rolling and have a game plan and I think that's just how the TV sales with all the different markets work. So sure,
5: sure. Yeah, and then awesome we'll, guys. Yeah, i have got a bunch of stuff cooking oh, So Hopefully, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah,
1: we'll we'll definitely have you guys back the next time something uh, something pops off. Dude, let's um, do it. Do you do you have a few more minutes to hang out yeah. and endorse with us? Absolutely, killer, awesome. Unpaid endorsements of like you know obvious or required reading but it's been really nice to listen to because you know if you're paying attention to the trades or like what's going on in independent film it can be a little bit of a bummer do you know what i mean and it's nice to just like be motivated and reminded of like oh you know there are people out there doing it their own way not unlike you guys right like bootstrapping and figuring out how to like make a film in your own voice and so it was just kind of like a little bit of uh, motivational comfort food for me on like commutes to and from work. So uh, Like Brothers is my endorsement. Awesome. Yeah. Cool.
2: You guys... Uh, I, can I can jump who in. Who wants to go first? I yeah. can jump
4: in. So I'm, I'm also going to give a, a, a reading or listening book in audibles. Uh, I'm listening to Pandora's Box, Peter Biskin's new book about sort of the golden age of TV or at least the last. It's called uh, Pandora's Box, How Guts, Guile, and Green... Or Greed, Upended TV, Green as well. The Greed, Upended TV by Peter Biskin. Great book. It's so great. I'm almost finished with it. Um, it's been, I think it was like 16 hours or something like that. But man, it freaking flew by. Just listening to all the great, your your greatest hits about your favorite shows. It was amazing. And what's yeah. it
2: called one more time?
4: Um, Pandora's Box.
2: Pandora's Box by Peter
4: Biskin yeah cool Guts, yeah uh,
1: i i was be... like wow that name is really familiar he wrote <laughs> yeah. down and dirty pictures and he's writing yeah, reading
4: Ridges yeah, as yeah. Well, Legend. that makes sense yeah, yeah we plugged killer. his other book whatever <laughs> yeah he's he's, yeah. he's 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 uh he's definitely required reading for us anything that guy comes out with something we I mean, we dive on it yeah killer i'll definitely awesome. have to check it out
5: ash you what you got reading? oh man do, do we, should we just keep it books all around Right however, that yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Is that i mean okay? no
5: or not gonna do that yeah <laughs> uh oh great uh so i i just finished um path to paradise by sam Lawson, I think that's his name. yeah uh
2: really coppola.
5: really yeah really really dug it it's about oh, okay. coppola and uh, the zoetrope years really really inspiring the man was so ahead of his time in so many ways and um yeah man it, and honestly from his you know i took a lot away from his both his successes and his failures from that book and it was really really inspiring i you know i would calling in every night. I'm like, dude, he did this and this and he did He, you know, he, he was a landmark. He didn't even know. I had no idea. Like, I I'd, i had watched Fog City Mavericks, the documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it like, essentially no, talks about Zoetrope that. in San Francisco. Fun. I had no idea he'd opened a Zoetrope in Los Angeles. There's a whole second chapter to Zoetrope. I didn't even know existed. So to learn about the Hollywood zoetrope. um, Yeah, he actually made the
4: studio that we kept reading and watching documentaries telling us that he had this dream for that never came to fruition. He actually had it and had it for a couple of years and made a couple of movies with it. And like it was literally he had a studio, a brick and mortar studio with like, you know, hundreds of people working in it, making movies on a lot. Yeah, it was crazy, but I never knew that even existed.
2: Yeah. Matt, I feel like you're going to read this book now. It's I, been mentioned I know. It's quite been a mentioned. few times. On the oh, podcast. really? God's yeah. Paradise? No. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's, wow. Um, it's good. It's really good. Man, Man what a cliche,
4: it. Ash.
5: Come on. <laughs>
2: no, no I, no, it's, no. I mentioned it too. It's it's fine. Yeah, and yeah. I was not the first person to mention it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I think people have talked about my book many times
1: already. Like, I'm pretty late to the party. <laughs> and yeah, I host yeah. the podcast. I know better. Um, <laughs>
2: I think Josh Rubin mentioned your book, and then he lent it to me, and then. Yeah, it's pretty good. Have um, you given it back to him? You stole no, a book from Josh. I, yeah, I still have it. If anyone wants it, let me know. The do plus one. Um, I got just two bad ones today. Uh, everyone, a lot of my non-film friends, and one film friend, Yuki Naguchi, DP, who pays me five dollars every time I mention his name on the podcast. <laughs> uh sent me this new open ai uh sora is everyone sure. sending that to you it's like all over yeah, the place yeah. it's basically like creating Bobby video Land. from text yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. it's like mid journey or like dolly or whatever but for video and it's the demos are just bonkers tr-
1: truly truly insane yeah wow. it'll be yeah. like oh you know you, the prompt is like a, a vintage jeep driving down a camion, canyon with as a drone shot or whatever, and
2: it's. It's photo. It's exactly that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The camera follows behind a white vintage SUV with a black roof rack as it speeds up a steep dirt road surrounded by pine trees on a steep mountain slope. Dust kicks up and then, yeah, you'll see the video and it's, it's like a super cinematic amazing version of that, John. Honestly, if you like searched on like high end film
1: stock, like, like, you know, B-roll sites. You you'd be hard pressed to be able to tell the difference. Wow! Like I, I like. I What's couldn't. it called
4: again?
5: So, uh,
2: Sora. Sora S O R A from OpenAI. Wow. Yeah, I'll put some Sora. links in the chat. Wow! It's like um, um,
1: it's equal parts really cool and terrifying, right? Yeah. Like, wh- why would you ever?
2: Especially if you're in the B roll business,
1: sure, or, or in the commercial business, right? Like, why would you ever pay for uh, a whole crew? to shoot anything when chat GPT can write a bunch of customized prompts based off of, you know, your specific metadata. Like you can engineer custom commercials on a per user basis with this sort of technology. It's like, it's mind scary. blowing. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. And then my second one is, uh, there it's not an a plus endorsement but it's like a solid b plus a minus and it's the pizza party potato chips from trader joe's <laughs> have you had these yet Matt?
4: <laughs>
5: no but i can't wait <laughs> it's a pizza party in a food. bag <laughs> it's a blend
2: of cheese garlic pizza sauce pepperoni um seasons like all all those seasonings on mm-hmm. kettle cooked potato chips but it's it is vegetarian I don't eat pork myself, so I was a little worried when I saw pepperoni flavor, but it's made from, like, a vegan pepperoni hmm, uh, It's just, like, seasoning. liquid smoke, probably,
1: something like that,
2: yeah. Yeah, so, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I bought some. They're pretty good. I'm enjoying <laughs> snacking on them. Good. Um, well, cool. Uh, thanks again. How do people – are you guys on social media?
5: We are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got you've know, got the website, got the got the social uh, queue there. Twitter and
4: Instagram I think are the are they probably the two main ones. Yeah, but it's like Nelms, Nelms Bros. Nelms Bros. Sorry, yeah, Nelms Bros.
2: N E L M S B R O S. Awesome. Well, if you all uh, want to forward us any questions for the Nelms Brothers, Bros, we're happy to uh, pass them on. You can email us at at gmail.com. You can find us across all social media at justshootup I'm on Instagram at O. Kaplan. And I'm at Mr. Matt Unlo.
1: This episode was produced by Noah Bayshore and Tyler Small, And you're listening to music provided by the Free Music Archive and the artist, Jazar. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Nice. Bye.